Dr. Brian Turner, what's your revolution? My revolution right now is to ask people to do something that I try to do. And I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it to be provocative. Show up naked. <laughs> show up naked. What I mean by show up naked, come in your purest form. Reveal yourself. Be transparent. Be open. Show the world that your revolution is in your evolution. Show up naked. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. The show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. Where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporal. I gotta say that because I got another doctor on the on the another doctor on the line with me today in front of me, man. We'll get to we'll get to who this famous, famous New Orleanian is in a second. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Um I always I pick that up in New Orleans, like you know what I'm saying? Um Revolutionaries was good with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Oh, what's good with you, revolutionaries? We are doing our thing and we are moving along and I always got to say, I know y'all are tired of hearing me say, but I got to spend some time. You know where, you know where I got to spend some time, right? I got to spend some time in my beloved New Orleans a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, it is nothing like New Orleans, right? New Orleans in the fall. And you live like, like literally you will, you know, they talk about, you know, Dr. Turner with yeah, I just gave it away. Dr. Brian Turner, associate professor of psychology, chair of the psychology department at at the beloved Xavier University in New Orleans joins me today and you will attest to this before we even get started like you will embrace the discomfort of the summer in New Orleans to live for the fall yeah yeah that time between yeah yeah go ahead I, I know you want to say something I, I mean we just said it best I like it hot <laughs> because because after the summer it's just beautiful man so, it is just so the day beautiful I, I get to wear a nice little sweater today. Yeah, the sun is that. out, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Bruh, I got to I got to go down and spend some time in my favorite part of the country. New Orleans in the fall when it was, you know, when I had to put on a, a, a jacket or a sweater in the evening, got to sit out by the bayou, which is my favorite place in the world. If you are ever in mm-hmm. New Orleans and you want some respite, you want some peace in your life. Go sit by the Blue Cabrini Bridge at sunset with your folks. You know what I'm saying? Bring a little libation as we talk about in in New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? Sit around with your friends and pontificate, right? I'm trying to use all these big words because that's what they say. You know, Dr. Turner, they say that I use, I intimidate folks because I use all these big words. But, you know, I'm going to just keep intimidating. You know, that's what we do. So you can pontificate about what's going on in the world um, (laughs) as well as that you can revel with your folks. Shout out to the good men of Omega Star Five Row Five chapter. Of Omega Star Five for taking care of a brother while I was home. Shout out to my good friend Ashley Page for making sure that a brother could, you know, uh, enjoy a, a peaceful time after the transition of my father. Shout out to my Saints who actually won that Sunday. They beat the Seahawks, uh, beat the Seahawks, and it was a wonderful game to go to and to see New Orleans coming back. Right, you know, it's a troubled city, but I always implore my people. Revolutionaries, go down and support those good people in New Orleans. They need you. They need your money. They need look. They need your money. They need everything. But you will have one of the best times in the world if you go to New Orleans. It's one of those cities. It's like Mexico City. It's like Istanbul. It's like Chiang Mai in Thailand. It's New Orleans. So make sure that you're going down and supporting those people. You know, I talk about this, Doctor Turner. And we, we'll, we'll jump in. I talk about this because New Orleans is community to me. New Orleans is my people. Right? I could. You know, it's funny when I fly in and I drop in and I say, this is where I'm going to be. Right. A cadre of folks will a cadre of folks will say, OK, where are you going to be? We're trying to come find you. Right. We're trying to be with you. We're trying to break some bread with you. We're trying to have a libation. With, we're trying to laugh with you. We're trying to do something with you. Right. And, and New Orleans is home. And for many of our brothers around the country. They don't know what home is. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what home looks like, even though they might be in places, they might be sitting in places with their families. They might be sitting in places where they think they they have friends. They might be sitting, but they are still not home. And, and, And I'm going to juxtapose this with home being a place where you can settle and be at peace and 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 yeah. feel like 
as I talk about this, feel like there is warm water around you. I love I love saying that analogy, Dr. Turner, mm-hmm. because both of us know we we jump into a warm bath every day, a warm shower, right? It, it provides comfort, right? You know, the discomfort mm-hmm. of the of the cold shower, right? But that warm water uh, allows us to ease tension, right? You know, the tension of the day, right? The tension of the life, the tension of something. Jumping into a warm bath or a warm shower allows us to ease. But many of our brothers are struggling with finding warm water, finding a home. And I began to think about, right, why? Why can't we find home, right? Why can't we find relationships, whether they be heterosexual or uh, same-sex or, or same-gender loving or whatever? Why can't we find the relationships that fill us up, right, yeah. particularly as, as we age as men? And Dr. Turner was actually one of my first guests, right? Five, he doesn't probably remember, five years ago, almost six years ago now, we started this show, What's a Revolution? And Dr. Brian Turner was one of my first guests. And so I was like, who do I want to have this conversation? And, you know, you can Google Dr. Brian Turner. He's one of the most prolific thought leaders uh, in psychology in New Orleans, right? I remember review uh, referring folks to Dr. Turner because how good of a psychologist he is. So welcome back, my, my, my dear friend, as we say, and my dear brother, Dr. Brian Turner. How are you? How are you? How are you? Man, it is good to be with you, brother. And, and the reality is you, you bring up that time about six years ago is that this is a unique part of New Orleans because I believe What's Your Revolution was birthed in New Orleans. And, and I correct. remember you also being on WBLK, which are uh, your, your, your co-host and your, your counterpart um, and uh, Miss Rachel Graham. Damn and so chippy. definitely remembering the work you were doing then and the other things you did. And I got to say, man, we may have to get you on with the Cultural Bureau for that uh, intro about New Orleans you did, because that definitely was some <laughs> other level uh, 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 advertising you did there. And definitely, as you said, we, we need to remind folks, New Orleans is the entrance into this country, mm. culturally, mm. spiritually, mm. musically, psychologically. So, yeah, come on down. We got something for you, whether it be what you want, eat or what you want, drink, man. So, so Brian, it's good to be back with you, man. And, and definitely, I've been trying to keep my revolutionaries up um, and, and, and trying to bring more folks into the fold of understanding the work you do and what we collectively um, employ ourselves and, and, and import ourselves to be in our communities. And so I'm good, man. Uh, Blair, my daughter, um, is also yeah. a, a kind of uh, anniversary of this show, and she came about right after the show. Um, and so, so her her birth always reminds me of the need to be revolutionary. That there's a mm. little girl that's going to grow up into a woman, and I have to continuously pound the ground and pay and pound the pavement to make sure this world is going to be open to her because she's going to be a terror. I'm raising her. To, <laughs> I'm raising her to be a terror. So she's going to be the world better be prepared for her. Um, and as you said, man, the 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 kind of thought around well, brothers in this in this space. Um, and, you know, as you say, brother, green room, the pre-show, the the in-between show and after show, I always kick up some stuff, man. We was talking about some of these folks in and around our country right now, bro. But but my reality for brothers kind of hinges back upon this very real dilemma that most black men are faced with. And it's our desire to connect, but our lack of ability to connect. Uh, my mentor, Dr. Joseph White, um, used to say all the time, the greatest desire for humans is human connection. That's from, connection. from the cradle to the grave, right? Um, and, and so there's something that tends to happen for, for little black boys growing up, right? As we start getting told, stop being soft, don't be no punk. Mm-hmm. You know, we get pushed into this kind of isolation thing. Um, even if we play with somewhat of, of the occurrences through uh, the transatlantic slave trade and chattel slavery and, and Jim Crow in America didn't really allow for brothers to connect too, too much. We became adversaries, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we started to see each other as, as, as all too often on the other side of the field and, and not on the same team. And so, yeah. so I'm with you, brother. And I think that's one of the things, one of my partners and good friends, we talk about all the time is that it's tough to make friends as a black man over 25. Mm. Man, man. I want to, I want to jump on that r- real quick, uh, brother, because I think it's important, right? I want to jump on this point about adversarial and just to tell a, just to tell a quick story, you know, I'm moving in different spaces, you know, I worked for a, a venture capital firm at Camelback Ventures that I talk at length about here on the show. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and it allowed me to meet some some brothers who are doing a, a, a amazing things or who are supporting founders who look like us, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember last week, well, last week when, when this show aired, it was I was in D.C. for um, Black Enterprises, Black you know, uh, Black Men Excel Conference, and I'm sitting mm-hmm. in a room of very high dollar black men, right? I ain't gonna tell their network, but they're high dollar. They are movers and shakers, right, all across the country. They're, they are buying in and building hotels. They are restaurant tours. They are uh, real estate moguls. All the thing, and they invited me to come sit in a room with them, right? And I realized, B, right, that I'm in the room with these people, but I had in the back of my mind, why should I trust you? Mm. You know what I'm saying? In the back of my yeah. mind, you invited you invited me to the room, right? You invited you, you invited me. Yeah. But why in this mind? Why why do I have this mindset that I don't know? Like, if I you want me to invest, you want why should I trust you? Mm-hmm. And I began. Mm-hmm. I was like, where? And I've been asking myself, where does that come from, bro? Can you help me? Can you help me understand? Because you you said something that really sparked. Like we have this adversarial mindset toward each other. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like how I understand this, late, but how do we keep that going? What perpetuates that adversary mindset oh, that I might have? Man, it's it's to me it's 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 simple, but it's complex. It's the fact that we get pitted against each other at every 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 opportunity, and and we're not made to see each other as a value, you know. And and we've probably heard many people saying, and you know, the reason why it's so easy for young brothers to to pull a trigger. And look at each other because they don't value themselves. Mm. Right. And so so I think you and I and many of our contemporaries who have done some of this work, like when we realize that we still feel that way, it harkens us back to a time where as we were climbing these mountains and pushing through, there wasn't a lot of space where other brothers were with us. You're and, right. And here we are now as professionals, as, as leaders and as thinkers, and we still have to check ourselves. But it means we're really checking others because, see, and you know how we say in New Orleans, the last thing somebody in New Orleans wants you to do is play them. And the last thing, they don't want to feel like they're getting played. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, it, so, so, so it comes back to that very real space, I think, of psychologically, right? I, I'm protected when I know if my wall is against the back and it's just me. Yeah. Or if I have that small cadre of friends that we've gone proverbially the war together, right? They, they got my back. They, they down, they with me. I can trust them brothers. Yeah. But being in this space with these new guys who, and I think there's a very interesting space because, um, and I, I usually post this meme that says black celebrities are not black leaders. Whenever stuff happens mm. and people want to look to these celebrities say, hold on. <laughs> that person is talking about their own economic preservation. They're talking about their own, you know, critical preservation. They ain't talking about us, right? So if we play into like Yee and Herschel Walker and um, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving and some of these other brothers who've come out and said some outlandish stuff, all because they got money. And and that to me is a little bit of a threat to us who I think we're about the people. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I, I definitely feel that because you want to, and 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 I think part of that is also, you know, this feeling of I've been burned, I've been burned, you know, mm-hmm. I've been burned, right? Mm-hmm. And here, here's the thing, I don't burn some folks myself, right? But you, I, I, you know, what I'm saying so. I'm also thinking, I'm also thinking consciously, like, why should I trust you? And why should you trust me? Right. Mm-hmm. But, I, but breaking down that, right. Breaking down those barriers, those adversarial yeah. barriers. Yeah. Right. And saying, okay, can't, you know, why, instead of, let's rephrase the question, right. Let's rephrase the question. Like not why can I trust you? Why can I trust you? Like, yeah, yeah. what are the green, you know, here, look, I, I know, you know, what are the green flags that I need to see? Right. The yeah, relationship yeah, thing that, yeah. that people instead of talking about red flags that I'm looking for. What are the green flags that I need to see in this relationship to say, how? Yeah. OK, I can jump in this warm water with you because I'm trying to eat just like you. Right. And you yeah. keep saying the right things like I'm trying to bring folks in. I'm trying to get you to eat. Right. Well, I'm trying to eat, too. I ain't trying to look. I ain't trying to look around and things be bare and scarce. Right. Yeah. And yeah, look, yeah, I want to eat yeah. like you. So what am I? looking for in a relationship and a friendship and a partnership that's going to say oh okay 
I, I can jump yeah. in with you, right? We can build this relationship. Go ahead, brother. And bro, look, you just did that thing that I was about to take a start just to say. That's why the synergy be awesome. If I say so, so I try to tell you, let's stop talking about reference. Let's talk about what 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 is a reason for me to do this, right? Biggest reason for me is oftentimes your history, right? If if you can show me your track record of having positive interactions and relationships with other people who look like me, I'm more likely to trust you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so like you said, if there's this network of brothers that can vouch for you and make me know that you're good. And, and I think, you know, we still have to be mindful of the potential, um, you know, uh, um, segues or, or schisms that may occur. But but we're human. So we, we can, you know, put that to the side for now. But but yeah, I, I, if I see that you have a track record of bringing brothers along. Right. Um, one of the things that I definitely think about in this conversation is mentorship. Right. And so what I what I'm always thinking about is I want to see how you help brothers who can't give you anything. I know you and I, we can sit down, come up with a program, a plan, a prospectus and probably go make a whole bunch of money. Right. But if I see that, you know, we talk about this sometimes with dating. Right. I want to see how you treat the server. Right. I want to see how you treat the people who are beneath you, so to speak. Right. That that lets me know that your valuing system is not based upon your power dynamic. It's based yeah. upon your moral yeah. character, right? Your moral compass, and so, so for me to, to to just just put that that flag right there, I need to see how you treat people who can't do nothing for you, right? Yeah. Let me let me see how you treat that kid in your neighborhood who 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 needs some help, right? Let me see that you you take and you do for other people who can't do nothing for you, man. And and to me that that has been um and and what's interesting, man, for me has been coming back home to New Orleans, being away for almost 15 years from undergrad to professional. When I came back, I was Dr. Turner. When I left, I was B2 who played football, <laughs> right? And so it's been really interesting cultivating relationships with folks who they knew me or knew something about me, but but they don't remember me, right? And so just as you said, I've had to remind folks, which was a very interesting conversation I had recently. Somebody said, well, man, where are you from? I said, New Orleans. Man, you lying. No, I'm from New Orleans. So when I run down my pedigree, there's like, oh, wait, somebody did tell me about you, but I just yeah. thought you played football. So so the second part of that, right, the first thing is show me show me how you treat people who can't do anything for you. Second thing becomes that valuing system, right? We all what have a that? way. Yeah, yeah. And we all have a way of how do we set our hierarchy, right? So, you know, on Sunday in the South, football is God, right? So you go to church. Then you go to your second church service, which is the Saints game, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, so we know all that valuing system, right? We know in, in New Orleans we value our seafood, right? So you're gonna do a crawfish bug, you're gonna fry some fish, yeah. you mm. know. So, so what I, what I think about for brothers, especially as we think about relationally, man, I, I want to see you know what you value, man. If I see yeah. you putting a whole bunch of time and your, your outfitting and shoes, and you know all you worried about how you look, and you don't treat people well. At some point, you're probably gonna try to put me in that line of less yeah. than things, brother. You're you know? dro- you're you're dropping it. You're dropping it today. The one thing that I want to just 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 you know add a little bit. You know, <laughs> let me make a little, little New Orleans reference. Right, you, you said something in one of your posts, right, of, about you know we only put the Trinity into our gumbo. We won't put we won't put nothing else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I'm gonna put a little. I'm gonna put a little something. Put a little little seasoning. Is that it, it is interesting. I had a in, interesting conversation with my childhood best friend, right? And like you said, you know, it's interesting how p- folks have a narrative about you, mm-hmm. right? And when folks don't take the time to say, is that narrative still the same? You know, I, I had yeah. to, I, I basically had to say that you're judging me off of a, a persona that died a long time ago. Yeah. Welcome to this version of Charles Corpru. Right. Right. And all of a sudden. Right. And all of a sudden. Right. Uh, All of a sudden. I was like, look, because the frailties, all of the things that you saw back then. Right. That was a version of me. Right. That that is is dead. And there are there are other versions that died on top of that version. Right. To get to this version of me. So I think one of the things that, that we talk about, one of the strategies is that if we're building relationship and we're looking for green flags, I want you to get to know this version of me and I want to get to know 
this version of you. I want to accept yeah. this version of who you are. That allows me to see because, look, at 50-something, right, the sequel of 50, right, right, the 40-year-old version of Charles, you know, because I got a – well, my road dog is 40 years old, right? And I tell him every day, I was like, I don't want you to end up like this, right? I don't yeah. want you to end up, right? I want – you remind me of the 40 year old version of me. Yeah. And I don't want you like, I don't want you to have this to die successfully. Like you can, you can kill this version and make a conscious choice to be something totally different. Right. Yes, sir. And I think seeing that is, is, is saying, okay, how, you know, I said all the time, how do you revolt and evolve into the person that you want to be? Right. Uh And then how do you, how do you consciously look at other folks that you want to have in your life and say, let me really understand this version of you? Because I might have known other versions of you, right? And it may, it may impact how I deal with you. But if I don't know this current version, I can't really effectively deal with you like I should. True. True, you know, true. and so that's that's so interesting to me. Like, and I had to tell him, I was like, look, we've been we, we've been friends since we were six years old. But your narrative that you're saying to me right now is like, I don't know who that is anymore. Right. Bruh. Bruh. So so the weird thing about the word revolution that it is based in the word evolve. Yes. You you can't revolt unless you've had an evolve, right? Exactly. And and that's my last point about what I was going to say is that good friendships, especially among brothers, is open to the transparency of each person's evolution. Yes. Yes. Right? So, so as I evolve from BT who played football to Dr. Turner, like if a friend friend can't handle that evolution, then something's up there, right? And, and the hope is that we can have that conversation about how things may transition and transform. But the reality of it is, is that, and this is, this is the hard part, man, about what happens is sometimes as we evolve, parts of us die. And that could be relationships, that could be experiences, that could be ourselves, right? We have to put some of these things away. And so, so, and and I was thinking about that that ideal of evolution and revolution is that it's the idea that we constantly are moving, bro. Like, like the ideal of um, being stagnant. That that means you're dead. Stagnation means death, right? And so, so critically, as you as you pointed out. If I'm constantly evolving to a better version of myself, but the individuals around me who I'm supposed to have relationships with are stagnant, that that's not going to jive. Mm-mm. It doesn't. And, it doesn't. Yeah. And I think that is is probably the greatest fear. And you brought up something that made me think about it. I'm going I'm to shout him out. Uh, my partner, Jeff, you know, Jeff Benjamin, Dr. Jeff mm-hmm. Benjamin. Um you know, you, you made me think. So, I'm, look, I'm, I'm not going to cry because I want to laugh about this, right? <laughs> All right. All right. But, but he's probably one of the – he's probably made me very proud as a brother. Um, Jeff, in his early relationships with women, <laughs> me and the partners over in Florida used to laugh. He used to hide them. He used to lie for them and all that stuff. But when Jeff moved to New Orleans, I told him something. I said, Jeff, man, I got to be honest with you, bro. I said, New Orleans is my hometown. I said, I need you to come here. And in your dealings with women, do not lie. I was like, right. I don't care how raw you have to be. You better give it to whoever it is you're dating, raw and gritty. If you want three, four women, you better tell them, blah, 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 blah. Right? So I ran it down. So I'm very proud to say Jeff is the father of Jace. He's married yeah. to Brooks Benjamin. And, and his love of being a husband, a father, a friend, is probably one of the things that makes our relationship strong because what you're saying, brother Charles, is that I had to tell him, don't do what I did. Yeah. Don't don't make the mistakes I made. Let me mm-hmm. tell you about how if you pause for a second and, and ascertain what's really going on, you'll make a better decision than I did. Not that I made a bad, not that you made a bad one, but I need you to make a better decision. Better. Than yeah, there, there I it did, is. Right? Yeah. And 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 I and I think our relationship is predicated upon him being able to do that and say, hey, B, this is what's going on, what you think. And me saying, well, look, bro, I love you. I'm not going to let you make a bad decision. So I'm going to force you to make a better decision. And, and, and you reminded me of that because um, he never saw me as BT that played football. So when he's in New Orleans now and I run into people from my past, he's like, man, no, you, you must have been real nice with it. Huh? And I'm like, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. 
but that person died, right? That person that, died. That, that person no longer really exists, man. And so, so I think that last part about that evolution, and I think that's why as, as we think about this, the people that we ultimately have the closer relationship, the ones who actually cherish and cheer on our, our evolution. Yeah. They want us to evolve. They want us to grow. They want us to do better. And, and I think that's the other critical part about when you say going into that room, we want to make sure in that room, these brothers really want me to, to move ahead because I, I can't get played. Right. Hey, I can't get played. Look, look, I can't be, look, I can't get played. You know what I'm saying? I cannot get played. Like this, look, I work too hard. Right. Look, yeah. look, look, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like money is energy. Dog. Look, look, I work too hard to, to, to stack this cake, to stack this paper, yeah. to put these stacks. Yeah. Right. Like too hard. Like, look, I, I tell folks, right. You know, and I'm not, I'm not saying I got a whole lot of money. I don't, but I got more money in my bank than my parents did. Right. Yeah. When they were this age. And yeah. I, I work hard. Look, I, I work hard. My parents got more money, you know, than they've ever had because we worked hard as a family. And I'm not saying, look, yeah. look, look, don't try to come rob me because we ain't got a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? But I, but what I'm saying is I want to eat just like everybody. I want to learn. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I want to learn how you made this stack, right? You made this yeah. stack bigger yeah. than mine, right? Yeah. I want to I want to erase this 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 poverty mindset that my family had that that I'm yeah. trying to this trying to dispel because generational wealth is and I understand that's the sexy term that black folks are talking. I want to create generational wealth. But generational wealth also takes work, it takes a mindset, right? It takes yeah. getting over the fear that our families have had. I've been working so hard with my mom because she was like my boy had to say to me one time, right? He was like, you're pushing your mom about money. You're pushing her mom to invest. He was like, your mom was born in 1940. He's like, you're a historian. You got a degree in history. What does that mean? She was born in the Great depression. depression. Yeah. So every dollar, they would squeeze every dollar, right? was $1 million. Yeah. And you tried to squeeze everything out of that $1 and to hold on to it for as long as you can. And that's exactly what my mother's. Is, is trying to yeah. do as I'm trying to say, mom, we need to invest. We need to grow this stack. We nope, nope. I'm a hold up. I'm gonna put this in, in this little safe money market account and right. you know, let it not I'll do anything. But I know, right, exactly. But guess yeah. what? I can do, I can look into that account, I can see how much money is there. That it is not risky. And at 82 years old, I ain't got to worry about whether the market is up, down, sideways, or anything. That money gonna sit right there. And I'm and like, if okay, I, and I had to go get it. I, if I need it, I can go get it, you know? Yeah, and so yeah. that, that, that's that, right. that's that interesting thing, you know, and yeah. learning that. So look, bro, it, it, it is so many things when we, and we, you know, it, it's always like that. I have a plan for the conversation. And then you get with really, really smart folks. Right. And you start moving things. You, the, the pieces move a little bit, but I, I want to move this. I want to move this conversation a little bit because relation, re, relationships, whether they are, you know, same sex relationships. What I'm talking about, friendships, male male friendships, yeah, right? Or yeah. male, you know, heterosexual relationships or same gender loving relationships. They have issues, yeah. right? And 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 when and when when we talked about this, right? When I called you, I was like, I got some stuff I'm going through, right? And I got other brothers who are talking to me because they're like, I'm having problems in my relationships, in my romantic relationships, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I need to know how to overcome them. I need to know how to fix them. I need, and, and my conversation with them is like, okay, well, have you done the work to really understand what happened to you in your childhood and how you show yeah. up? And, yeah. and we often think like, I'm good. I'm a grown man. I'm, I'm 50, I'm 40, I'm all these things. But guess what? And Dr. Turner will explain that. There's still a child version of ourselves in there, right? In there, right? The core of you is that child version who learned how to love or not learn, who look, who was attached or who was unattached, who was abused, who was not abused, who was loved or un- all the things. That version of you is right there inside of you. And guess what? It is it is it is the the catalyst for how you show up in a relationship. And so my yeah. my simple question is, right, for you, this this blustering psychologist who 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 treats when I say treats, who counsels folks. One, how does trauma show up in relationships and romantic relationships? And then we'll get to the second question. What do we do to overcome it? Gotcha. Gotcha. So so I, I like to use the example of the great oak. Right. 
And especially in New Orleans, the Great Oaks Line, St. Charles Avenue, Ottoman yes. Park, and many of our yes. thoroughfares, and they're huge. They're old, right? These things have seen all kind of hurricanes and storms and heat and, and wind and weather. And so they all started out as a seed, mm-hmm. a little bitty seed, a little small seed, some tiny. And they grow. And if you ever cut open a tree, those rings will tell you the story of every trauma they've mm-hmm. experienced. Mm-hmm. I ain't saying we got to cut each other open, but that's in effect what happens <laughs> with trauma, right? We can't see necessarily the trauma that we've endured because we've continued to evolve. We've continued to grow. But if you look back, you'll see that little nick. You'll see that little hit. You'll see that little chink. And unfortunately, and I'm going to reference the illustrious theorist, i.e. Torrance Hatch, a.k.a. Lil Boosie. <laughs> he said recently, social media then fucked us all up. Yes. Yes. The social media have us all acting like some hoes because we don't think about all the real things that's going on around us because we're so caught up in what we want to put out there as a as a persona, as an image of perfection. So the first thing I would say about anybody, man, anybody. And, and I, have a, I have a client who um, I really relish and I really adore him for the work he's been doing for over a year now in dealing with this. And the fact that we have to recognize the trauma, not because I want you to go back and relive it, but because we have to know what impact it's having on you right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, you can't sit here and say, well, that don't bother me anymore, but you can't make connections with somebody. You can't say that that, that isn't an issue when you don't know how to talk about what you want. Like, like, so, so the first thing, the first thing, and I love the conversation. I love the con- the question. If we can acknowledge the trauma, if we can acknowledge those experiences, then it gives us a language to talk about what we will need to do in the healing process. Mm-hmm. But if I, if I don't want to acknowledge that I was violated, then when I'm trying to have a relationship with someone and I mistreat them or they mistreat me and I don't know what to say, well, I can almost draw a direct line, no dots, no squiggly, it's just a straight line to, well, because of that trauma, you don't know how to talk about what is happening to you now. So so the ability to talk about those, what people, I mean, it's a lot. I try not to do the popular conversation stuff, but we're talking about ACEs, advanced childhood experiences, we're talking about yeah, early yeah, life exactly. experiences, however you want to talk about it, but whatever you want to call it. Some things happen to people, like you said, it could be, and, and actually, man, I'll be honest with you, because um, this conversation came up for me recently, right? So my father and I do not have a relationship. And so that's why I also love my brothers who are close to their fathers, because I relish that. Right. But the question to me was, what would you do if your dad came back into your life? And I said, I don't know. So, well, how do you not know? I said, well, because the kid that needed somebody to throw the football with him don't need that anymore. The kid who wanted to talk about dating don't need that anymore. The kid didn't talk about money don't need that anymore. So 45 year old Brian Turner I don't know what to ask a dad for. And so I said, I relish that because if he came back, that's what I would say to him. I wouldn't right. say, give me this. I would say, I don't know. Because then my question to him is, what are you offering me? Mm-hmm. What's your value prop right now? Right. Because now when we talk about that, I can say to my friend or to a partner, hey, look, this is a sore spot for me. I need you to be sensitive to that. Can you do that? If I tell you this hurts and then you hurt me there, I got a problem. Yeah, but yeah, if I yeah, tell yeah. you this that's, hurts. That's not a green flag. That's not a green flag right there. Uh-uh. But you don't understand. Say, you. <laughs> but if I say, hey, this hurts, you say, well, Brian, I'm going to kiss it. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to watch out for it. I'm going to put some salve on it. I'm going to put some Neosporin on it. I'm going to put a bandit on it. I'm like, well, damn, baby. That's, yeah. that's dope. That's what's up, right? I can right. trust you. Go back to being in that room. When I tell yes. that room of brothers, yes. hey, man, look, yes. I really appreciate being here, but here's my concerns. I'm not sure about this. And they said, well, look, bro, don't worry about that. We got you. Meet me on this day. We'll take care of that. And if yes, this brother right. over here going to take care of you, now you're like, okay, well, well, we got some stuff that we can build on. We can evolve, yeah. right? Yeah. So, mm, yeah, man, that's the mm, first Listen to yeah. listen, listen, yeah. listen. That's that listen. first part, bro. That's that first part. Let me let, look. One little one little interjection question right here. Right. I know that. And I say I, but I'm 
I'm not saying me. The collective. I, the, the collective, right. The, the collective. I, I, I got some eyes that I can really bring in here, right? But the collective say, but what if you, right, you're showing up and you're showing up poorly, you know there's some trauma, but you haven't identified it. How do you identify it to be able to communicate it effectively? Yeah, yeah. To the folks, so, right? How do you identify that? Because it, 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 it took me 47 years, Brian, yeah, yeah. to identify the trauma that was showing up and why I was choosing yeah, the yeah. women in my life, right? Why I was choosing the bad women. Right. Yeah, and pushing yeah. away the really extremely good women. Forty seven years for me to be yeah. able to find that and then communicate yeah. that. But how do you do that? How do you figure it out? So, so so what I would like to say is that it doesn't always happen in therapy. Right. And, and mm. I advocate for therapy, obviously, for what I do. And I think it works. I think it helps. But sometimes it's it's that. OK, I'm gonna go spiritual. Right. Everybody. I, I know I remember the footprints prayer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, God, Jesus is walking and there's two sets of footprints. And, you know, then all of a sudden there's one and the, the speaker says, oh, God, what happened in those times you left me? And Jesus says, no, I didn't leave you. I carried you. Right. right? I think a lot of times we have to be honest that sometimes we got to pull away from other people to do the work we need to do. Mm. See, I can't I can't do my best work in the middle of the metro at Bayou Classic. Too many people, <laughs> too many distractions. Right. Sometimes I need to be in my living room with a little light music, a little snack, and I need to sit there and I need to take myself through this process of who am I, what am I? I have to ask those introspective questions to myself, right? And so so my point would be is that if if you're not getting what you want, it's time to ask yourself, what can I do differently, right? People are natural scientists for the most part, and, and we want to find answers, especially when things don't feel good. But I think sometimes people are too afraid to do the work because um, the proverbial, you know, this is what gives me attention. Right. So. So. I, and I appreciate what you said, Brother Charles, because I think many of us do experience that. Right. Like I'm I don't want to change this because I, I'm good at what I'm doing. Right. I'm good at the bad women. I'm good at the, the mm-hmm. drinking and getting drunk and being wild. I'm good at that. Right. That's why people love me, because because mm-hmm. we can turn up and we can act wild. What if I stop that? Who's going to like me then? So so there's a challenge at that moment of if you don't have the verbiage, if you can't truly acknowledge what might be standing there. And I, I tell people do this regularly. Like I, I once a year, you need to sit down with yourself and do a checkup from the neck up. Yeah. And just ask, am I really doing what I want to do? Am I really happy? Is this really satisfying? A key component to this is also the people around you see this is the especially in the dating realm man see people forget our friends actually will probably be better at picking our partners than us because mm. our friends can tell you hey <laughs> she got you she, she gonna hold you down you know look bro that person they really love you and and you know whatever you see in them you may need to rethink that because that person got you right now that can always be the caveats of you know some interpersonal stuff that doesn't make the relationship work but in the same vein we got to also hold fast to those people that we know hold us down. So our mothers, our fathers, family yeah. members, friends that we are and have been through stuff with. That's the people sometimes you got to bury your soul and say, hey, look, man, I need, a, I need to talk to you. Right. So go back to the whole point of this. Right. Everybody got that one or two friends. But sometimes you got to say, look, man, I, I, tell me what you think I'm doing right now. You know, do you think I'm handling my business? Do you think I'm doing what I should be doing? And, and that goes back to the footprints prayer all the way to what happens. So from our spiritual base to the kind of secular kind of interpersonal thing, at some point I call on each brother, our sister. Sometimes you got to sit down and check yourself. Make yeah. sure that the things you're doing are truly fruitful. Yeah. I think about that personal 360 that you, you, you talk about, like pulling your, your, your personal board of advisors and saying, you know what, yeah. how am I, how am I showing up? And you know, and if, if you're, if the challenges and the challenges have been for me, romantic relationships, you know, and and making sure that they know this version of me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, 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 because they should. They should know this for this this version of you. It's like, am I doing the right thing, right? And and I think that if if if, if more often than folks are saying, well, no, you're not doing the right thing. I'm seeing you. I'm mm-hmm, seeing mm-hmm. I'm seeing an older version of you show up. Yeah, I'm, yeah. You know, I, I'm seeing the bad boy that you used to love to be. I'm, I'm seeing, as I used to call him, Corpru. Right. I used to love. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing remnants of Corpru peeking out. Like, hey. 
I need, maybe you need to push that down and you need to figure out why corporate was coming back out, yeah, you know, yeah. at this time when you talk about, you know, you, you like being just Charles, like, you know, you like being Chuck, you know, yeah. and, and the bad boy, you know, and the leather, leather jacket is coming out and you're like, yo, mm-hmm. Charlie, what's up? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Let's say, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I also think I want you to talk about this, right? There, there's, there's the non-counseling side that, that will allow you to unearth some things. But here's yeah. this moment because this is not a this is not a mental health show. But here's this moment where, at least for me, therapy unearthed the trauma, the childhood trauma that I had gone through. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why with with the non counseling side do we need counseling to help us unearth our trauma yeah. to help us show yeah. up in friendship and and romantic relationships as well? Yeah. So so dope dope segue to the point that I think. Um, brought me to the field of therapy, of psychology, and, and and in my role right now, I'm really trying to make sure I increase the number of persons who are culturally competent in providing mental health care to communities of color and, and beyond. The reality of it is, man, is that some of this stuff you just can't get in a weekend. You're, you're not going to just tough yourself through it, right? Mm-hmm. I, dip, I give a lot of credit and and I uh, ascribe a lot of value to brothers and sisters who can who can will themselves through tough times because that's what we've been taught if we're just going to be honest there's no need to deny it or act like it doesn't happen our brothers and sisters we know who just they just they're going to push through and they make it but that's that there's that's just there's this other group of us man who we need the professional expertise we need the safety of a therapy office we need the security of the legal like space that therapy offers so that we can know that we're doing a an intentional and intense and a, and a truly in-depth analysis of who we are, but also who we want to be. Right. So like you and I have alluded to being being corporal, being BT, we had to recognize that that was not the fullest version of ourselves. Mm hmm. Mm-mm. We enjoyed it. That's oh, most fun. definitely, most definitely, that's fun. But if we're honest with ourselves, that is not the version that we know our Creator indeed and and imbued us to be. We know that's not really who our parents would want us to be, and we know that that's not who future generations will benefit from. Right, right. So, so the therapy office to me inherently becomes a place where anybody can do this work examine these issues and then really honestly create the space for them to fulfill and in a very psychological way be self-actualized yeah oh. get to that point you heard him say you heard him say our word here right you b do you know how many times i, I say on this show about self-actualization bro you know what i'm saying you know how many times i know what to yeah. come with i know to come with so so self-actualization in the greatest way does not say that you have to be barack obama doesn't say you have to be Brian Turner or Charles Corporate. It says that you get to decide what's the fullest version of you that you that you live in and that is and honestly that's easy for you to do, right? So so like for me, my example is my daughter, right? And I, I love the compliments I get from people when when I'm with Blair and, and then when they see my daughter when she's with her mom and, and how things work out. Because for someone to say to me, Brian, you're doing a great job with your daughter. That is one of the most self-actualizing statements I can have. That mm-hmm. means that all parts of me have worked together for something that is good. So so for me, therapy is that place where if, if a person really wants to, to be intentional, intense, and in-depth, you can do that work in a healthy way. Um, my, my plug about therapy also is more so for the understanding that um, – at some point, we got to be honest. Some things are beyond our control. Beyond, beyond. And, and, and you don't have the skill set. You don't. Your friends don't have the skill set. You don't have the skill set. But Doctor Brian Turner has the skill set, right? Bruh, I, when I had a hit, a um, couple little things in and around my house I could do. But that four by eight hole in my master bedroom, <laughs> I couldn't fix that, bro. Man, it's not your bailiwick, as Rachel Graham that, says. That ain't how I handle that, right? Right. So, so, so I had to put aside my little mind of I think I could fix that and say, you know what, this is beyond me. And and I offer brothers to think about that and and, and that crazy part about therapy because when we talk about relationships, and one of the first things I tell my clients when I work with them is, 
My main goal for therapy is to improve your relationships with yourself, your family, your friends, and the community and society that you live within. Because you are part of a larger community. Now, you may not have 5,000 Facebook friends, (laughs) but you may have five. You may have 50. You may have 500. But those people are going to count on you. My joke, brother, um, is that um, my brothers like to tell people that I love being right. Hey, oh, man, look, that boy, he got to be right. He got to be right. If he ain't right, it's a fight. So I had to tell on time, I said, let's be honest about why I have to be right. I said, because I love y'all. I said, and if you call me at one in the morning and you ask me a question, I'm afraid to be wrong for you. Because of this community, I don't want to be the weak link. And that's my appeal to brothers today, why therapy and this work we're talking about and this path that we're on is so important. People will depend on you. So instead of being unhealthy and trying to kill yourself and John Henry yourself into success, make it easy. Make it easy. Sit down nice. and do the work. Allow yourself to, to, to stop. Don't spread yourself thin. Be that cup that runneth over. Be, be that wellspring of, of life for other people to draw from. And that's why, man, like my the beauty of where we are now is that as we've done this work and as we're doing this work, it's like we can sit back and say, I need to work on that. Let me go work on that. Let me go sit yeah. by the bayou with this libation and chill out for a minute, <laughs> get in touch with my inner self and why I did that. And, and I've called persons and I've said, look, I want to apologize about this. And I, I want you to know that my intention was not this. And whatever I can do to further fix this, please let me know. And some people have been surprised. Some people have hung up on me. Yeah, you, you know, at least, but at least in those <laughs> moments, you have been able to say, "I can be contrite. I've yep. done the, I've done the self work, right? And I'm self aware to know that I have, I have agreed you. I've done something against mm-hmm. you that this version of me mm-hmm. feels is wrong, right? And then right. I want to make sure that you know mm-hmm. that I'm sorry for this behavior, right? right. I'm, I'm sorry." One of the things that that you said, you know, the, these core themes of the show keep coming up, right? And, I, and and one of the thing about therapy, therapy, and a good therapist is that when you're revolutionary about your life, right, right, you revolted and evolved, right? You revolted and said, "I want to evolve into something else," right? I'm evolving, and I, the, the 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 revolt is 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 jarring. Like, okay, boom, I got to do something really, really strong to move into this next evolution of my life, right? Therapy and a therapist like yourself are the midwife that we need to move into that space because you can't, right? I can't will all of this. I couldn't bring this trauma out, right? I couldn't really understand. I'm like, damn, why? Why is it the same? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. all right, all, the same version of the same woman. They just got different names, mm-hmm. right? They just got they just got different names, but they, they, they're, they're all the same avatar, and they all treat me the same way. Right. And then when I get a good woman, I treat them the same way. Right. Someone right? my therapist. Right. I talk about all the time. My therapist had to pull that. My therapist was my midwife. Right. Mm -hmm. He said, "Okay, let's talk about this childhood. Let's talk about something that we've never talked about this. And we started talking about one of my parents. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the parent, the parent that I was revered. Right. Oh, no, we don't talk about that parent like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, this, this this conversation is like, wait, really? Mm. No, no, like what? Mm. No, oh, 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 yeah, okay, like okay, or and 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 then now it's like okay. So as as I said in one of my conversations, when I see and I see the behavior, I. I can realize this is a pattern yeah. and I need to fail fast in this because I know what, I know what's going to happen because right. You're the same version, right? You, you just got a different name. So I got to go yeah. because I, yeah. I, because I see it. I got to go yeah. and thank you for midwifing that out of me. Yeah. So yeah. I can fail fast. And now it, now it is right. And overcoming this trauma, because we're going to give some strategies is that how do I accept what is what is what is countervailing to what I've done before? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like yeah. I need to feel. I need to get out what I thought was warm water was actually a cold water and jump into the next version of mm-hmm. the warm mm-hmm. water. 
and say, okay, I'm okay. This is okay. I can, okay, okay, okay. But that's, that's the hardest part, B. So uh, yeah. I'm going to ask the question now that, that, that we started this conversation, right? We've unearthed the trauma. We've, we, we've unearthed the trauma. How do we, or, or what are some of the strategies that we use that we can show up better in our romantic yeah. relationships? First thing, and, and this is, I'm going a, I'm a dive to dovetail back to therapy. And I tell people that therapy for me is number one, a consciousness raising awareness experience. So I know better. So now I can do better. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things I would encourage brothers to do as we, as they think about this, right. Just as, as they watch this show, as they hear us now talking, just become aware Become conscious, raise your level of consciousness, raise your conscious awareness about the things that can trigger you, things that can hurt, things that can anger you. Right. Take stock in when those things happen, how to happen, because that's going to be where you come back to your revolutionary moment. Right. Is that if you can say, just like you said, brother, when that was being birthed. Right. That's when you can say, oh, that's it, because now you'll remember that smell. You remember that taste. You remember (laughs) that feeling. You remember those sounds. You'll have that intuitive nature now when you experience it. Say, okay, this is that space that doesn't bode well for me. Right? That's the first thing that happened. The second thing, therapy is what we call a corrective emotional experience. Mm. So, So when we walk into the therapeutic space, the therapist, the clinician is most often trying to recreate the experiences you've had that did not go well, not because we want you to hurt or be pain, but because we need to understand where did that level of consciousness become counterintuitive now, right? Instead of being intuitive, you now turn that awareness off and now you're willing to do anything or everything because you, you're blocking it. So if we have the corrective emotional experience, then what happens is we can actually sit and say, okay, so now that we know what happened, what, what do you want to have happen? And how does that look, right? So so when it comes to dating, right, how, how are we going to engage someone that we have an interest in? How, how we proceed through the dating phase to understand what it is that we're actually trying to have happen? When we talk about friends, when we talk about peer, when we talk about same gender peer, right? And, and we didn't even dovetail into this, but we could talk about the homoeroticism of black male love and how too many brothers are afraid to love another brother because of yeah. the potential thought that I'm gay. But in reality, the greatest expression of love that you can have is for your brother. Yes, yes, yes. And, and the ability to say, I love you. Yes, because yeah. because at the end of the day, and I think we joke about this in a lot of spaces, but if a brother called and asked you to help him move, you're a friend. <laughs> if, if, if a brother asks you to move a couch with him and Chris Rock has a great bit about this right he says if in life people move more couches together we will see some change you ever seen somebody try to move a couch by themselves yeah yeah Chris Powell I know you listening yeah Chris Powell that's my frat brother heaviest couch ever in life moving down the steps right call me call me on a humbug on a Saturday hey dog I need you to come move two pieces of furniture there was yeah. the, the it was like the eighteen two, bodies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, eighteen bodies in that in that yeah right. in that couch, right. man. Yeah, right. go and, ahead, and, brother. And so you think about it, right? Brothers can't move couches by themselves. No. So it, it requires us to work in tandem with another individual. And so in life, we we have to find more couches to move together. Yeah, tell the story. If, I love that. If, you got to. Because and, and I'm, I'm one, I actually can move a couch by myself and Jeff and some other people called me stupid. But I was like, get out the way. I'll take it too long. But it <laughs> hurts. It hurts. It's not fun. It's awkward. It doesn't feel good. But I did it. But then I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. We're friends. Right. We're going to move right. this together. And that yes. becomes an example of what happens in life. The more times that we can get brothers to help us move our couches, our sofas, these huge pieces of furniture, i.e. examples of our life experiences. Yes. We connect. We grow. Man, I, I love we that. Evolve. Right. And, and, and there's a, there, there's a, there's a relationship or, a, you know, where you can move this into romantic relationships as well. We've identified our trauma. The, the, the greatest source of any relationship, right? Right. It's time. Yeah. 
being able to be vulnerable to be your real self and I, I look and I know that a lot of you know a, a lot of work that I need to do I'm sure that the the women in, who have been in my life or here in my life are like he don't listen right he, you know what I'm saying I need to listen better so I'm, I'm saying that right I, I know that yeah. I need I need to listen better right um but it's it's time right mm-hmm. the more time that you spend with folks the more that you the more that you you let down right uh-huh. you tell folks about your past trauma right yeah. you say you know what i've been burned a couple of times but i really want to have this relationship with you i really want to show i, I really want to know what uh-huh. it looks like to be open and safe right I, you can understand when i say this Men want to feel safe. And I'm sorry if you think, right, that's that's weak. But men want to – wait, we are humans, right? At the end of the day, you know, men, men feel this way. Women feel – humans want to feel safe. I don't care how manly you think you are. You will go somewhere where you feel safe, right? Because when you don't feel safe 100% of the time, 24 hours a day, your body, right? Here we go, two smart people, right? It, your body – res- your, your body, the cortisol levels, right? The neurology of your brain changes. Your gut ecology changes, right? Your synaptic responses change when you're in survival mode all the time. So guess what humans do? Our ancestors found places to burn fires and be with children and be with families, right? I don't care if you're a hunter, right? You found spaces to feel safe. So if that is a problem for you, you don't want to, I don't need to feel safe. You, I promise you, you find spaces to feel safe, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that's what has to happen. Time, time with folks yeah. that you trust, time with folks that you love, that provides safety, right? And here I'm saying, I haven't provided a safe space for everybody that loved me. I can say that out right. loud. Right. You know what I'm saying? The, I just have it. The reality of what you just said is so striking, right? Because if you think about it, and, and then I'll, I'll dovetail into this, this piece for a second, We've created these gender conversations, right? Mm-hmm. This is what men do. This is what women do. This is what black women do. This is what black women do. This is what black men do. This is what white women do. We've created these gendered conversations in such a way that we miss the fact that there's a human experience that we all share. And and as you just so eloquently laid it down, we all want to feel safe. When I come into my home, I don't want to feel like I'll be attacked because I'm 15 minutes late. Right. I don't want to feel like I'll be attacked because you make more money than me. I don't want to think that I'll be belittled by your friends or your family because I'm, I didn't go to school like you did. Right. And I'm talking about the collective experience because for women and men, it's the same thing. There's this there's this this broad, expansive middle ground. Right. And if you think about statistical analysis, we talk about the three standard deviations above. And that's our 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 point oh oh one. Right. That's that's really where the gender piece is. That's where the men do and women do thing is. But the ninety nine point nine nine percent of us is in the human. Women want to feel safe. Men want to feel safe. The question oftentimes is, and, and this is going back to your thought about how do we make this happen? So we got to have these conversations early on. Yeah. Like, I got to tell you where it hurts. I got to tell you what I like. You know, and, and I, I'll say this to be funny because oftentimes uh, my students in the in appropriate way say I talk about <laughs> sex in class. Right. I say, well, I talk about sex because y'all get it right. If I was to talk about some random other topic, y'all be like, what are you talking about? Dr. What, Turner? What, is that? what, is what does Dr. that Turner? mean? Does but that mean? here's the point. <laughs> when it comes down to intimacy, if I tell you I like X and you do X, I can only assume you want me to feel good. Right. But right. if I tell you X and you do Y. And you do Z, and I keep saying, no, 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 I like X. After a while, I'm going to start to think, maybe you don't want me to feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yes. Right? Yes. 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 This so is you're all not too giving common. Many, many options. And then, and, and see, the reason why I say these are these gender conversations, because, see, you know, we've heard women say for so long, men don't listen to what I want or what I like. And I'm like, but, but did you tell him or did you assume he's just supposed right. to know? Right, 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 and at, at our stages, of, right, at our stages of life, we have we have new. It, it has become so nuanced, right, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's been put in the blender so many times. Like, mm, this is what I like, <laughs> right? Yeah, now, I'm yeah. willing to try something new. I'll tell you, but right. Mm, I, but here's the thing: I still need to feel safe first, right? right? So, so once I again, still, right, regardless of gender, if you make me feel safe, 
if you make me feel like you have my best interest, if you make me feel like, and I like to say this word, affirmed. Yeah. If you affirm me, if you affirm me, if you if you affirm me, I ain't got to question you and your motives. Yeah. I ain't got to yep. second guess why we here. So, yeah, I could do some stuff that I might not have done before. Yeah, I could show you some things that I really have always wanted to do with the person I love because you affirm me. You affirm give me. me licensure to be my most authentic and intentional self. Those are my two words. And I don't know how much time we got, but I have to say that. Yeah. Go ahead. The yeah, two yeah, words yeah. I tell people you have to live with authentic and intentional. You have to be 100 percent all the time and you have to be. All the time, 100%. If you can't do that, you got to ask yourself, why am I here? Right. Why, no. uh, uh, dropped it. The thought that I have in my head, everybody, is 300, the movie 300. And everything that you just said reminds me of right the, the night before they go to battle, right? And I know you watch this. Like, you're a warrior. I know you watch 300, right? The night before they go to battle, the king, the, the king is in the bedroom with the queen, right? Leonidas. And yeah, his queen. Le- king, and his queen, right? You want to talk about how she, you're about to go to battle, and most likely you ain't coming back, right? You ain't coming back. But she made him feel safe in those moments right before you go to battle. And think about how you show up differently. We talked about self-actualization. Think about when a man feels safe, right? The most like the most epic warrior movie that we've seen, right? And you see this tender, I said it right, tender moment between a man and a woman, a loving couple, right? Before they go off to battle, I'm going to make you feel safe, right? Yep. I'm your partner. All of your all, all of your wounds, all of your troubles, lay them down right now. Because this is the safest place that you can be, and I'm going to take it. We all that is a human experience, Dr. Yes. Tom. Yes. We, but to, but but to get there, right, and, and we begin to close out, but get there, we have to overcome the traumas that we've had, right? Yeah. Safety yeah. comes when we acknowledge our own trauma. Yeah. Right. When we and we work, we work diligently. To say I'm going to show up differently. I'm yeah. going to invite different folks because if I'm inviting toxic people into my life, I'm not. Eventually, I'm not safe. I'm. I, I, I've never felt safe, Doctor Turner, in my toxic relationships. No. Never. The people who were good to me never felt safe because of my toxic behavior. Yeah. Right. So, what does it look like now at this stage for everybody to jump in the warm water together? To self-actualize, brother. and that's a whole yeah, nother yeah, conversation. Yeah, look, yeah. we look when you all listen, revolutions. When you listen to this conversation, you going you you gonna hear something, right? Because Doctor Turner, look, this is my dude, right? This, oh, this is my oh, dude. This, this is my dude. And when you think about this, right, whether it be same sex, same gender, loving, uh, male relationships, a uh, male male relationship, male a uh, male female relationships, female. Think about all the things. How you show up, how you affirm, how you are authentic. Right. I think about those key relationships that we have time, right? Treasure, Mm -hmm. talent together. If we're going to be in rooms together, we need to say, this is what's going to make me feel safe. If if we all going to eat together, right? Yeah. We need to, we need to feel safe. Dr. Turner, I really, oh man, I cannot wait, cannot wait, right? For my revolutionaries to hear this. Look, this brother, as I said, he is the associate professor of psychology at Xavier, he is the chair of the department of psychology at, at Xavier university. And let me, let, let me make sure I got it right. And he is the CEO of moment of truth clinic and consultation services in our beloved, our beloved new Orleans, beloved new Orleans. So if you're in new Orleans and you're looking for a wonderful, wonderful counselor who's going to move you in the right direction, I implore you. And many of my friends know I have referred them. At least I'm hoping they call to Dr. Brian Turner, right? To get the help and support you need to be able to show up in your fullest self, right? Yeah. For everybody else searching to how to searching how to show up in their relationships. As we said, do the self-work, revolt and evolve into the person you want to be. Find your midwife. And in this case, it is a therapist, right? To help you unearth some of the trauma that you might not even know about to get better. So when your friends look at you, wait, wait a minute, you're a different version of yourself. I need to acknowledge that. Yeah. I need to see that. I need to say, you know what? I see you. Salbona. I, I see you. 
Show up, folks. You know that I love you, and I'm wishing you all the best. I knew I was going to forget, but I'm going to ask you this question. Dr. Brian Turner, what's your revolution? Man, you made me change it, bro. So I'm about to go, about to go off the rail. My revolution right now is to ask people to do something that I try to do. And I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it to be provocative. Show up naked. Mm. Show up naked. Mm. What I mean by show up naked, come in your purest form. Reveal yourself. Be transparent. Be open. Show the world that your revolution is in your evolution. Show up naked. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love this show, y'all. I love doing this. And I want to thank my good friend, my dear brother, my dude, Dr. Brian Turner, for showing up, showing up naked on this show, like dropping it. That's how we do. It's October. It's October. Making sure that you are fulfilling your revolution, right? And asking yourself, what, did, what does next year look like? Don't just let don't just let this quarter come back and say, yes, I'm going to fulfill my revolution. Start thinking about what happens the next year. What's the next revolution of your life, right? do that we'll talk to you soon revolutionaries shout out to my line brother seiko for all that he does to make this show everything 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 shout out to my associate sarah who makes sure that we get good guests like dr brian turner and all the things right thank you to all the listeners who say you know what we got you we're listening we're supporting we're sharing right we're pushing your revolution i love you i love you we'll talk to you soon Revolution. 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 They all started out as a seed. A little bitty seed. A little small seed. Sometime. And they grow. And if you ever cut open a tree, those rings will tell you the story of every trauma they've experienced. I've been burned. I've been burned. You know? I've been burned. Right? And he- here's the thing. I done burned some folks myself. Revolution. You know what 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 are my friends doing? You know, what 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 types of things are engaging? I mean, you know, and, and I even, you know, kinda interestingly enough, man, you know, I, I have a cousin who who's gay and he came on our show and talked about the, the kind of natural barriers between straight black men and gay black men. Yeah. And and he kinda alluded to the fact that, you know, it, it, it creates this energy around what should be happening that, you know, if if I can't control the narrative of what my friends are doing. So oftentimes as a straight black man, the belief is, well, I can't have gay friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm gay all of a sudden. Right. And, oh, yeah, and yeah. Oh. you know, so, so the same could be said. I mean, I think about, man, like, you know, I, I move around and I know you move around a little bit. I, I think I can count eight different cities at this time. Right. And I was like, yeah, so like in one city, I could have been a pimp, right? <laughs> then another city, I could I could have been gay, right? I could have been cross-dresser. Then another city, I could have been a drug dealer. And and like when you, we come to these points of like intersection, like I think that's what drives a lot of the anxiety and angst amongst brothers about getting close. Like I, I got to know your history, man. I got to know who yeah. you are, you know? Yeah.